0: I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes till the biggest battle of our professional lives, all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team, or we're gonna crumble, inch by inch, play by play till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light.
1: Right.
0: We can climb out of hell, one inch at a time. Like right. jumped up at me. Hello, everybody. That was a weird opening, wasn't it? Al Pacino. Welcome to the gated community for another day of fun and frolics. It's an hour of frolics. And thank you, everybody, who's been sharing uh, my, uh, my link to the show. The podcast numbers are terrific. More people on the uh, listening to it on the radio, which is lovely. Thank you, everybody, for doing that. What we've got for you today, uh, camel milk, Camilla's sponge... Mind reading dogs, the Labour Party skint, and you can get kicked out of Strictly uh, for uh, kissing now. You can't kiss because they're scared of the curse. It's a load of, but it's a load of, I won't, say, I won't say that too early. Bit nervous today. It's an expensive day for me today. I'm getting four new tyres put in the car. Oh no, oh no. Mind you, I didn't know this, uh, that on the car itself, on the tyres, there's a mark, uh, there's a little thing, it tells you when the car, the tyre was manufactured. Uh, I put up as well, I was just watching the kids going back to school. I drove the car down for the get the tyres thingy. And I just was watching the kids going back and thinking, oh my goodness. You remember that first day when you went back to school for the very first year, you know, the big school? Mine was Oakenlet Academy. And we had to catch a bus. And it was. Um, it was nerve-wracking. You're going this, and you're going to meet other kids from other schools in the county. Uh, to, and it was a brand-new comprehensive, Auckland Academy. So It was one of the first comprehensives. That whole thing, that we had the, the whole uniform going on there. And, uh, oh, man, that nerves. Mind you, had a great time at school. Oh, it was fantastic. Also put up there, apparently, the I'm going to talk about this today as well, uh, the fad for naming your hoose. Ah, oh, you're naming your hoose. Is uh, is coming back, uh, so I just would wonder what you would call yours. I would still, I'd call mine still paying. I don't think I'll ever pay the mortgage off. I don't know. Well, the vagaries of my life. My life has been <laughs> a time of misadventure. Uh, so, what was the name of your uh, your first big school? Go on, then. What was the name of it? Uh, you could text me today. 07849-453-587. Yeah, my tyres. I think they're going to cost about eighty quid each. Well, they'll do. It. I, I, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going on a trip up to Scotland next week, so I want to make sure I've got everything. Yeah, I, well, I don't, I don't. That idea of, because uh, I don't have a spare tire in this car. There's no spare tire. Get around that, eh? No spare tire at all on my car, so I can't. You know, I would have to call somebody out. They'd give you some of those. Um, you could tell I'm starting to think of Scott. Who's in? Um, you have to call out the guy, but it's got one of those. Uh, you know, those pressure thing is you put in, you pump it in and it seals the tyre for as long as it takes to get to it, well, imagine you break down during the day on the motorway you don't know how far away your, your nearest tyre place is so I'm getting those done today and we're getting a, the fire service, the gas fire service today, it's that time of year, oh I'm a big believer in that, oh yeah, oh I'm a big believer in the, uh, oh yeah, I don't mess with that uh, the, my gas boiler uh, and my fire, I don't mess carbon monoxide, big killer big killer um, the other thing today is, uh, what's his name? Piers Morgan is jumping for joy because he was found, Ofcom found him innocent until proven otherwise. Senior broadcaster hailed a victory for the freedom of speech last night after the television presenter, uh, television watchdog said the presenter, Piers Morgan, Piers Morgan. Uh, had a right to share an opinion with the Duchess of Sussex even though it was potentially harmful and offensive. I don't quite get this because if I said anything like that at all when I was on the radio, my arse was out the window. I mean, even saying my arse was out the window was was bad enough. Uh, so uh, anyway, he's, but he's now playing the, uh, playing the victim. Oh, I want my job back. I want an apology. And he won't be back at ITV this year, but there's a good chance he'll get back next year. Yeah, because he might even, who knows, he might even threaten for... Uh, I mean, ITV didn't sack, Piers um, Morgan, they didn't he, he? left, so I don't know where it, what he's, like, but I thought he he might sue them for wrongful dismissal, but they can't. Ofcom cleared ITV of wrongdoing after Morgan accused the Duchess of having lied when she told Oprah Winfrey uh, in an interview that she had had uh, been suicidal after joining the royal family. The regulator said to rebuke Morgan after it received 54,453. See, I think that was a pylon on the day. Whatever you believe about Piers Morgan, I think that was a bit of a pylon. I think, not a pylon. Did I say pylon? <laughs> by the way, I was driving uh, down to get my papers. So I'm going by the papers before we do it. I like a physical, I like a paper in my hand. Um, and I went by and I had Classic FM and I think John, uh, John, what's his name? Humphreys was doing the breakfast show, the early breakfast show on Classic FM. And he sounded kind of jockey. He sounded low. Well, that was Shostakovich, fifth. Coming up, he's sixth. And then we'll get the chance we'll get his seventh in before the end of the show. Yeah, I think it was John Humphreys doing early breakfast on Classic FM. Anyway, uh, the regulars are said to rebuke Morgan after it received 54,453 complaints. Uh, And that was just from Susanna Reid. Boom, boom, I'm in already. I'm in already. That's the first one. Bang. Good to get the first one going. Um, Morgan told The Times, the ruling was a thumping endorsement of freedom of speech. He said that ITV had stifled his right to express, uh oh an opinion when it asked him to apologise or resign over the comments. Morgan chose to quit in March. All right, so he might not have... uh, He quit. Yeah, he definitely quit. I didn't know he'd been asked to uh, leave. Uh, fellow broadcasters welcome the ruling. Adam Bolton. Editor at large. He is at large as well. Though he has lost a bit of weight lately. Uh, said Ofcom was... Go- Tell T-Rex to get ready, will you? They're on first. Yeah, get the bowling boy. Yeah, get him out ready, yeah. He's in the toilet. Good. Well, he's regular. He's very regular, Mark Bowling. When we're right now in the Shea Barber, shares Barber, we're through an awful lot of toilet paper at the moment, but we're not. Well, it's not we're, we're, we're overthinking it, it just seems like we're going through toilet paper, because I buy the toilet paper, and it seems like we're good but there's only two of us in the house, so I don't know what's happening to it, just think about this as well, there's somebody designs toilet paper, there's somebody actually designs toilet paper, and goes in and says, what you to do, I'm doing double ply today, but I'm going to put a wee d- design on, it. I might put butterflies on it, oh that's nice. Maybe make it an insect. No, maybe not insects. That might upset people who go to uh, do their bum. Uh, fellow broadcasters, welcome the ruling. Adam Bolton, editor-at-large of Sky News, said Ofcom was doing a splendid job standing up for freedom of speech and presenters' right to be sceptical of the rich and powerful. Well, I wish you could be a bit more sceptical with the uh, MPs because Dominic Raab was in yesterday in front of the uh, Foreign Affairs Emergency Committee thing. And he looked like a janitor who'd been caught putting CCTV, secret CCTV cameras up in the, in the toilets. He looked like he was a bomb yesterday. Hey, welcome everybody! Fake Radio UK. I. <laughs> Jeff, ring me back, Jeff. I'm trying to work my phone. Ring me back, Jeff. I'll try again. Uh, the phone is our. Our phones are red hot this morning. Red hot phones. Uh, let's go and get the first caller up. Uh, it's Jeff. Hiya, Jeff. Hi, oh, Jeff Jeff's here. Sorry, I've not been on for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you've been away on your holidays, ain't he? You done anything exciting? Well,
2: I don't want to talk about my holidays. I'm not going
0: to tell you when I went. Did you go to Crete? I can't tell you, and I'm not telling you when I went either. Well, when did you go? Did you go like two weeks ago? Did you go? I'm not telling. No, oh, it's around that time. I've told people before I'm not going into this. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not. I just, I, I just want to know when you can went. You know, did, did, I mean, because you must have had to put the dog in because you've got a dog, Jeff, haven't you? Well, some people say I yeah, have, but I'm not willing to confirm it. Well, well, listen, people are just interested, Jeff. I mean, that's the phone in this morning. When did you go on holiday? And and uh, and, and when did you f- find out that things were really bad in Afghanistan? That's all I'm asking, Jeff. Well, we didn't
2: know it was going to be that bad. We were all taken by surprise, Ronnie. You know, we didn't realise that a rampage army left to their own devices, that we'd armed to the teeth with weapons and
0: loads of money, we're going to overrun a futile. Well, battle. no, hang on, hang on, whoa, 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 Jeff. I-, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago in the pub when we met up and we did that listener meets the presenter thing. I think I said to you, I think th- things are going to get really bad in Afghanistan when oh, are you? yeah and and I, and I told you before you went when did you go on your holidays again? Well, it was just just after before
2: that uh, uh, no, you did say Ronnie. yeah you you, you, yeah, you did, but you know there were lots of voices around that table, Ronnie, we didn't act, we didn't give sufficient weight to yours
3: well, I like see a little if
0: further, you're right, you little man if you, they said no, no, I' still got abuse of you um Brenda said to you. Uh, Charlotte said to you Bill Bill even said to you and he knows nothing uh, he even said to you uh, watch out uh, Jeff when you go abroad things might kick off in and you went oh yeah and I remember you saying you you, you wrote it down just to remember to remind yourself because when did you go on holiday again?
2: Well I, I went away Ronnie you know just after that meeting in the pub just before you know the, the, the 13th of September before the Right, okay,
0: but you were warned that things Uh, are going to get bad, and you still decided to go on holiday. Look, look, Ronnie, look, look. Right, okay, all right, okay. Don't get aggressive, Jeff. Don't get, don't get aggressive. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to get to the truth here. (laughs) Look, Ronnie, look. (laughs) It's it's all down to a lack of intelligence. Right. I
2: don't think, I don't think mine's going to improve anytime soon.
0: Okay, so you you don't th- you you reckon you're not intelligent enough to handle the truth?
2: Well, you know, I've said it before. It's a lack like of intelligence.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. You know, well, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that buys two ply, and look where that leads.
0: Yeah, I know. Listen, um, it's important that that we. D- when did you go on holiday again? Yeah. Wh- when was it again, Jeff? Sorry. Hey, sorry. Are I'm you you breaking yeah. up? Yeah. Oh, that's all right, yeah. Jeff. We come back. Bu- Jeff, Jeff will you come back and, and let us know? No, he, he, he thinks that he thinks the line's broken.
2: <laughs> he thinks the line's broken. He's gone now. He thinks the line's broken. Yeah. What? i folded fooled.
0: Him. Jeff! Jeff! Uh, what? Uh, we can still right? we can still hear you, Jeff. Oh Coming
2: up on Vague Radio UK, the 60-second Music Marathon. 60 artists in 60 seconds, including Dire Straits, Eternal, Sting, Mariah Carey, The Foo Fighters, Black Lace, The Arctic Monkeys, and many more. The 60-second Music Marathon, only on Vague Radio UK.
1: Carol, You've had your say, now it's my
0: Arlene's off to work, she won't be listening this morning, uh, once again thank you everybody who's been tuning in and also thank you for putting the podcast numbers up, uh, fantastically thank you very much, uh, right okay, um, I knew it, mind reading uh, maybe your dog's best trick, I knew this, I used to have a dog called Charlie and I could make Charlie yawn, I could make him yawn because I would just yawn and Charlie would yawn with me. Mind you, Chris Payne has just pointed out that this is my toilet paper. We're going through a lot, an awful lot of toilet paper in my house, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, there was only two of us here. Uh, and, uh, but we're going through it more than usual. And then Chris uh, Payne just said, uh, do you wonder about recycled toilet paper? Who's used it before you? That's a good point. I don't... Mm. Mind you, I come from the, uh, I come from the days of Isol. You remember Isol toilet paper? Rough as a major bum cheeks. Yeah, yeah, you are rough and tough. And I've used government-issued toilet paper, the one with the wee arrows on it. I thought the arrows were the way you were to use the toilet paper, but actually it was government-issue. Dogs are not uh, very good, not only very good boys, research shows that they are mind-readers too. (laughs) And, you see, this is research, this is proper research, this is what the scientists are doing for your benefit. Don't you ever forget that. Well, you're sitting back having your wee cup of something. Scientists are trying to work out if dogs are mind-readers. Oh, by the way, I watched the Stephen Lawrence uh, drama. Uh, I've, I've I binged it on three, three, three episodes. Fantastic! You've got to watch the Stephen Lawrence. Fantastic. Steve Coogan. I was quite surprised because you know when with when you get a comedian uh, playing a straight role, you wonder, if it, especially an impressionist. But he's terrific, in it? It's just amazing. The oh the corruption and everything. Just a, quite incredible. Well, that was all alleged corruption. In the end, nothing was proven. Uh, dogs uh, can tell the difference between a situation where a human has done something on purpose and when they' have made a mistake. The results show that dogs may uh, possess one aspect of what psychologists called theory of the mind. Right that baby down? Theory of the mind. Can your dog r- mind read? There's a phone in. Mind you, uh, dogs can tell when you're when you're going to be arriving, can't they? Theory of the mind of the mind. I love big thinking stuff like that. I will talk about camel milk as well. It's kind of an animal thing going on. And I will talk about houses. I will t- I'll I'll play uh, a Scottish uh, conservative uh, trying to say something serious when these uh, chickens are clucking. Uh, the uh, results show that dogs may possess one aspect of what psychologists call theory of mind, the ability, uh, roughly speaking, to work out what somebody else is thinking or feeling. My wife can do that as well. She's brilliant at that. Over our long shared history, dogs have demonstrated a range of skills that have helped them to bond with humans. Their ability to make sense of instructions is only one example, but whether dogs can truly understand what humans want has become unclear. Has always been unclear. Uh, the dog, right, so uh, to explore, where canines, that's a dog to every, Canines are dogs, aren't they? Just check out. Canines, C-A... No, not K. C-A-N-I-S, Canines. No, no, not the, uh, not the Doctor Who thing. No, K, canines, C A N, dogs. Okay. To explore where canines might also qualify, a team of researchers at the Max Planck, it's the Max Planck Institute in Germany. Have we talked about them before, listeners? I think we may have. The uh, the experiment with fifty one dogs of various breeds. I thought um, poodles were the thickest dog in the world, but it turns out it's not. Dogs were positioned on one side of a clear plastic barrier, which had a big hole in it for a person on the other side to pass through a tasty piece of food. Actually, it's not. It's a bit, a bit like a drive-thru, really. A doggy drive-thru. I'll write that down. Doggy drive-thru. Well, I'm taking notes so I can, when I put the podcast up to try and get more listeners, you've got to put something strappy up there and off the holder, a shoulder holder. <clears throat> anyway, there were the dogs passed either side through a tasty piece of food Each dog could see what they were about to get Then one of the three things happened In one situation, the human suddenly withdrew the food Quite deliberately through the gap The unspoken message was that the human No longer intended to give the dog the treat <laughs> Well, I don't think that's mind reading yet, do you? In another situation, the human seemed to want to give the dog the food but accidentally dropped it on the floor on the opposite side of the barrier to the dog. dog dogs got a rough time, don't they? The whole testing thing. In the final situation, the human seemed to want to give the dog the food but the gap in the barrier would close. In all cases, the dogs were still able to get the food as they could reach it by walking around the other end of the barrier. What is this a bit mind-reading? They just go... Well, I'll go around the barrier to get the food. I don't. No, you don't have to put it through the hole. And by the way, putting it through the hole is not the biggest thing. I, I don't want it. I don't want your food through my hole. To judge, whether, to judge whether they had a sense of what the human had intended to happen, the researchers aimed at how long it takes each egg to make that journey. They probably got a grant of three million for that. By the way, uh, let me talk about the houses thing quickly. Oh, did you know that uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is coming back? Yeah, coming back with a new actor. I don't know what it is about TV people. Why? Why don't they just come up with new ideas rather than just going? Oh, sh- oh text are just coming flying in. <coughs> okay, Did I dismiss that one. Uh, Morning, young Ronnie. Uh, haven't been listening, but too much. Been busy on the farms and been unwell for a few days. Got a touch of diverticulosis. divert. Yeah, my uncle's maybe got about that diverticulosis. Divertutic- I can never say this word. Divert... Divertic... Divertuculosis. Divertic... Diverticulosis. And my spine giving me uh, loads of pain. But I'll keep smiling. Good one, Marky Day. You look after yourself, buddy. He has to work manually. I Always feel for that people who have to work manually uh, with when they've got issues. When I mean, you know, it really must be tough. Well done, Marky Day. You don't have to keep listening, mate. We're only here till Christmas. It's all right. It's not really. Anyway... Yeah, we're, we're running it till Christmas. I've got the money to run it till Christmas and then we'll... Uh, I, I think we'll probably... I'll probably go back to podcasts, all right? Because, you know, I don't want to overstay my welcome. Uh, choosing the perfect name of, of your house can be one of life's most difficult tasks and naming our homes is no different. Research by Admiral Home Insurance, that's the one with the woman who's an admiral. I've never known a female admiral. Not. No, no platonically or physically either. No, oh, wouldn't mind. Wouldn't mind. Sex with a higher rank. Not the worst thing that'll ever happen in your life. Research by Admiral Home Insurance has compiled the most popular house names in the UK. Further down the list were more outlandish names, including Toad Hall, Moonrakers, and a Dolphin House. Number one on the list. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, the Cottage. Rose Cottage. The Bungalow. God, that... Is that what the best people can do when they come up with? They live in a bungalow, so well, let's call it a bungalow. Oh, well, I've had to take um, Claire Laurie. Spish, I asked I told everybody my first school was Auckland Lit Academy, um, <laughs> and Claire just pointed out that's usually what the people ask. And then I asked everybody else, "What was your first big school?" And then Claire just uh, burst my bubble and said, "By the way, that's usually what the scammers look for. What was your first school as a code name? Yours, your password." So I've taken it down. God. It's hard to have fun, isn't it? You're hard to have fun when these scamming people are around. Anyway, the cottage, Rose Cottage, the coach house, schoolhouse, the lodge, the barn, orchard house, the stables, woodlands, ivy cottage, manor farm, the willows, hillside. These are just so... Sunnyside, mind you, we get got Sunnyside Crescent in my village, but I can't say where it is because that might be a password. Hillcrest, orchard cottage... Meadowview and the Old Rectory. God, you can tell. it. I don't think the French will name their houses like boringly like that. They'll probably have better names than that, won't they? They'll have great names rather than the Old Rectory because it is an Old Rectory. Uh, 07 849 You can email as well, ronnie at vague oh, Ronnie, Morning, Ron, out on the edge of Burnley country again. All oh right, I was in Northamptonshire. The nose in the trough today. I new, well, it's not a new thing. Uh, We've talked about it before. Big Radio UK. Look after yourself, Marcus. 07849453587. Uh, if you'd like to text, that's lovely. If you're a brand new listener, get your name checked, or you might want to keep it secret. Lord Hammond of Runnymede. Rod Hammond, he used to be the Chancellor. Fell out with uh, Boris. He still ended up as a Lord, though. You can fall out with it. Yeah, that's nice. They don't hold a grudge, politicians. Never, no, no. So he ended up as Lord Hammond of Runnymede. Um, The former Chancellor has been reprimanded by an independent watchdog for using his government connections to assist a bank, he advises. He advises a bank. Well, he would, cos he's the ex-Chancellor. And that's what you have to do. We call that knowledge. You got that, yeah. But anyway, Lord Pickles, Chairman of the Advisory Committee on Business Appointments, ACBO, ACO, ACOBA. Yeah, it's ACOBA. Uh, Lord Pickles, Chairman of the Advisory Committee on Business Appointments, ACOBA. ACOBA. At the COBA, ACOBA. The Chairman of the Advisory Committee. <coughs> Said it was unwise. <coughs> it was an un- whenever you start talking about the government, your throat starts to go. Said it was an unwise step for the Tory peer to contact a senior Treasury official about a project called, developed by Oak North. Hammond argued that he had emailed Charles Roxborough, the uh, the second permanent secretary uh, at the Treasury, to ensure that senior officials were aware that the bank was offering free support during the pandemic. However, Pickle said that Hammond's use of his contact in this way was not consistent with the intention of the rules and was not acceptable. In a letter to Michael Gove, the cabinet officer minister, Pickle said, I do not consider it was keeping with the letter of spirit of the government's rules for the former chancellor to contact the treasury on behalf of a bank which pays for his advice. Hmm, where have we heard this story before? Who, who tried, who who lobbied the chancellor? Uh, He said, you know, I need you. Yeah, who was it that, oh, it'll come to me. I'm sure it was a conservative. Uh, yeah, it will come to me. But it it's somebody else who lobbied uh, on behalf of a company that he worked for or advised. Anyway, former ministers must seek advice from Acoba when they take up any new or unpaid appointment outside of the government within two years of leaving office. Oak North had developed a toolkit to help partner fine, partner banks make lending and free financing positions. Uh, Hammond said. <clears throat> so anyway, he's been told he can't. Here's a uh, now. Uh, there's a a politician in Scotland called Douglas Ross. He's also a, a, a assistant line a assistant referee in Scotland. He's got two jobs. He runs the runs a line uh, when he's at um, in the football. He's also t- a boss of the Conservatives in Scotland. A wee bit of a bam, but you know. Uh, but yesterday he was trying to uh, you know I think it might have been uh, Scottish ministers' question time or everything, but he. I think he lives in a farm. I'll let you decide.
4: But let's be clear: COVID is not overwhelming our NHS, as the first minister said in her statement. It's her health secretary's failures that are overwhelming our NHS. He's shown poor leadership, inaction, and delays that have
0: overwhelmed our health service. And the first minister has just announced her plans to introduce vaccine certification. Just a month ago, John Swinney, our cabinet secretary for COVID recovery that this was the wrong way to handle it. So can I ask the First Minister, what's changed in the last month from what John Swinney said
4: then to her announcement today? When will the Scottish Government provide businesses with specific guidance on how to manage the scheme and will they be expected to police it themselves? If so, will there be further government support provided to them?
0: I promise you, nothing was added there. That was as he recorded it, his question, or it might have gone out live, Probably must have gone up live because he would have done something. But you'd remove the chickens. On the edit suites you get for your sound, you can remove any chicken noises because it happens a lot. The number of times I've been broadcasting and you get like an orangutan yodelling or something like that and you go, whoa, I can't let that out on the podcast. That's why my podcasts are really clean, oddly. Oddly, yeah. Um, Bad news for the uh, the, uh, Labour Party. Labour Party are threatening to strike over layoffs at the headquarters. Labour Party staff, that is. Workers pre- uh, represented by Unite and GMB. Not Good Morning Britain. That's a different thing. They're a, they're a TV show. Uh, which are both big Labour donors will take industrial action if the party goes ahead with compulsory redundancies. On a turnout of 80%, more than three quarters of staff voted in an ind- indicative ballot. Well, when you get an indicative ballot? Oh, it's an indicative one. Is it? Oh, it's just an indicative. Right? It's all right. there's just a sign. It's a bit like referenda. They're just indicative. You don't have to stick to them. Anyway, a picket line could go outside the party conference in Brighton this month, the Labour list uh, website said. Labour's income has collapsed uh, since Keir Starmer became leader. More than uh, 120,000 members quit in the first year, costing the party £500,000 a month in donations. Wowza! Is that Wowza! That's amazing, isn't it? Legal costs associated with anti-Semitism cases have also hurt its finances, and up to ninety jobs are set to go. Imagine what will the t- what will the Labour Party do if there is uh, is a strike? Will they cross the button? Yeah, I've never crossed the picket line. Never will. Never will. Uh, oh, I'll talk about camel milk in a second. Uh, yeah, keep steady. That's a good uh, that's a good one to keep us going. Camel milk. <laughs> prosthetic arm so sensitive you can tell if a peach is ripe Forget this comes out as a podcast later on, and the podcast numbers are very healthy. Thank you very much for that. Uh, milk I know this would be a big thing. I've just seen lots of people just join, but I don't know how the word gets around about chamomile. Um, not chamomile, that's a different thing. Mind you, what's his name? Used to love chamomile tea. Um, Harold on Neighbours used to love his, didn't yeah, he loved the chamomile, calmed him down. Have you tasted it? It's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. Hang on, just look at I wanted to see see my uh cut. My gas fire servicer's here. No, not yet. I've got, we got an email saying they're coming, but it's just the day. There's no time when they say they're going to come. So I've got to hang around and I've got four new tyres in the car. But quite nice though to have new tyres, but quite nice to give. I, I I would imagine it's a bit like when you get new shoes when you go to school, you know, when you go, you go back to school and they say, all right, get you some new shoes. My car will be like that. i have got to give it, I think I'll get put it through the pressure wash today. I love doing that. Camel milk for sale, but will you have one humber two? Joseph uh, Fawcett trained lions and tigers before committing himself entirely to camels in the Cotswolds. For years, his family have made a living from camel racing, camel polo, and a small informal sideline in camel urine. More of which later, not to mention film and TV productions and seasonal star appearances transporting the Three Kings around local town centres. You hire out a camel for the Christmas... That's a great idea. It was only a matter of time before this business offered a taste of the white gold that has slaked the thirst of desert nomads for centuries. Camel milk. Mm. Uh, Rosette and, uh, and his wife, Rebecca, have launched the UK's first camel dairy. I would never... We going not have to stop milking animals because, you know, there must be an animal we, we don't need to milk. I mean, if you can get close to it, milk and a lion might be an interesting thing. I mean, lion's milk, that would be, you can imagine, your kids would love that. What's that milk? Lion's milk. Arrr, roar. But camel milk. Uh, selling bottles of raw, uh, of raw camel milk is raw. For 20 quid a litre, camel milkshakes are also available. <laughs> I've got to write that one down. For the old podcast <laughs> camel milkshakes. <laughs> oh dear, all I think about is what I'm gonna have for my dinner. Other people think about making milkshakes out of camel's milk. Um, most people are surprised when they taste it, they expect it to be a bit goaty. Well, we, yeah, we're milking goats, cows, sheep. I've never tried sheep milk though. Uh, you make good cheese out of a pony. It's not as salty as some of the jessies. she added. The saltiness on it only comes if they are desert-fed. Grazing on salty plants. I used to work with salty plants on the Magic Condiment FM. And how so, overnights with salty plants? I'm going to put that one. Salty plants. <laughs> okay. And this is not an issue for the three dairy camels at our farm. Uh, ours are grass-fed and so it's sweeter. The faucet's daughter, Daisy, oh, has been selling camel milk milkshakes at the local farmers' and farmers markets. And their son, Leo, who's a chemistry student, well, he would have to be, has been experimenting with cocktails. Camel milk, pot, cocktails, cocktails, cocktails. It's very smooth, not sickly. We call it white Arabian. He said, adding the camel dairy had been planned for several years. They bought three pregnant camels for Germany last year. Oh, the camel's dad's never met them. Manfred met the little babies uh, from the United Arab Emirates and started milking in April. We're showmen, we're not farmers, so we had a lot to learn. Well, we're showmen. We... Uh, so, the uh, camel milk, oh, right. However, the World Health Organization has warned people with a weak immune system or certain conditions to avoid raw camel milk or camel urine. Camel urine. <clears throat> uh, until it's more understood about the MERS cough over the Middle East respiratory syndrome coronavirus, yeah, that's yeah. So don't try it. Just go and get your milk from the uh, supermarket. Oh, text has just come in. Somebody wants some camel milk. <coughs> Who's this? Uh, I've had camel toe, but but not camel milk. Says Marky D, have you? <laughs> Second python, this is the animal bit of the show. Second python found in Lane is a python in Cambridgeshire. Two 10-foot pythons, uh, and, you know, a snake boy would love this. Two sna- 10-foot pythons have been found in a country lane in less than a week with the RSPCA urging people to stay vigilant in case there are more. So we've got to stay vigilant for the coronavirus, right? We've got to stay, you know, watching across the, the road. My service uh, the first snake was spotted in Connington in Cambridgeshire on Friday, with the second found nearby on Monday, crossing a quiet country lane. <laughs> why is that funny, folks? I don't know. Why, why is why is it the idea of a snake crossing a quiet country lane funny? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> why is it? Oh dear. Well, if you're a snake, you don't want to go in a busy motorway. RSPCA, RSPCA. Uh, Inspector Justin Stubbs had likened the first incident where the huge snake was rescued from up a tree uh, in the Disney film The Jungle Book. Mr Stubbs said, I'm afraid it's looking like these poor animals were abandoned or have escaped from the same place. Yeah, I bet they've been abandoned. I bet they have. Those bammed I they? Oh, uh, breaking news. A statement sent me this yesterday. Uh, Nicky Campbell's coming off the Bradley breakfast. He's going to do a nine o'clock phone-in show, right? Oh, which will be a big stretch. Bless him. Um, Edwards to replace Campbell as host. Broadcaster Rick Edwards, who he, you ask, uh, is a new breakfast show presenter at BBC Radio 5 Live. I didn't put a demo in. Did we put a demo in for 5 Live? Yes, yeah, sporty news, all that stuff. We didn't. Well, there was a gig going that breakfast. Yeah, and I'm Scottish. I could have replaced uh, Campbell. Too old. Not intellectually enough. I think he's all right. I think he's a good broadcaster. Uh, Rick Edwards will host the new uh, show, uh, the host of the show, alongside Rachel Burden, who has presented the weekday breakfast programme. Her voice sometimes, I always want to clear my throat when I'm listening to Rachel Burden. She's always got a week and a thing, and I thought, you know, (coughs) going clear. Just clear your throat. Clear your throat for a second, love. Uh, uh, who has presented the weekday breakfast programme since 2011 as Campbell moves to present a later show on Five Live every weekday morning. So they'll get Nagamon Chetty. Uh, she'll do, what, nine to She'll do 11 to huh? Edwards has presented TV shows. This is why I don't know who she who is. Uh, uh, shows such as T4, Quiz Show Impossible, and has worked at Five Live since... Uh, oh, right, I think I've seen him. Is he doing an afternoon quiz thing? Oh, it's one of those, isn't it? has worked at Five Live since 2019, a guest presenting a number of different shows. He said, I realise I have some big books to fill. I checked, and Nicky Campbell's an eye-watering 12. I don't know where Nicky Campbell's got uh, size 12 feet. Um, so don't quote me on that. That might be libelous. So, you know, you got got with That's probably his first four parts. You can't say that about fellow presenters. This is the... This is the uh, oh, I've got a story here. Hang on. Um, yeah, Strictly Come Dancing. Uh, Strictly Come Dancing bosses... Da, 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 I like it. It's coming back. I love a wee bit of the Strictly. Oh, yes. Uh, I like it. It's just nice to see people dancing. And we're going to have a, a gay couples on as well. is lovely? Yeah, hey, everybody in. Come on. Uh, Strictly Come Dancing bosses have reportedly told the stars the upcoming new series they'll be kicked off the show if they're caught kissing one another. They're keen to avoid a repeat of last year. Maisie, Smith and... H-R-V-Y, which is supposed to be Harvey. He took his vowels out. Yeah, he had his vowels removed. Oh, no, I think it was fine. I think they did it on a local anaesthetic. Yeah, they can do. When you remove uh, yeah, it's done. I think they had to do that preparation night before, clean his vowels out, and then, you know, and that can cause a big problem. But he had his vowels cleaned out, and he don't, no longer had vowels, and he's named Harvey, so it's H-R-V-Y. Uh, apparently they were caught uh, kissing, breaking the strict social distancing measures This year, they're bringing back the live studio audience, desperate to prevent any COVID outbreaks. Live studio audience, good luck with that. Reports claim they told the contestants, "One snog and you're out." (laughs) That was what they used to say to me at school. One snog and you're out. I like my teacher. Yeah, what a kisser. And you're out. Speaking to The Sun, Italian outsider said, although the pandemic has eased since last year's series, the BBC are not taking any chances. Good on you. Don't take chances, BBC. You've not been known for it in the past. This kissing ban is likely to be part of a package of measures produced by the, introduced by the producers to make sure the show is safe as possible. All right, so uh, you've all got to be vigilant for snakes. And if you see any of those contestants having a snog on uh, Strictly, you've got to get involved. Reported to the baby Yeah, there's a phone in line The Snog line One Snog and you're out A club
4: isn't the best place To find the lovers of so the bar Is where I go mm. Come I'm coming now, follow my lead, Come, am coming now, follow my lead. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with the shape of you, we push and pull like a magnet do, although my heart is falling too, I'm in love with your body, and last night you were in my room, and now my bedsheets smell like you, everyday discovering something brand new, well, I'm in love with your body, oh wow, oh wow with your body, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I. Well, I'm in love with your body, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I, oh, I. Well, I'm in love with your body, everyday discovering something brand new, I'm in love with the shape of you, when we came, we let the story begin, we're going out on our first date, but well, you and me are thrifty, so go, you can eat, fill up your bag, and I fill up the plate. We talk for hours and hours about the sweet and the sour And how your family's doing okay And and leaving getting a taxi Kissing the backseat Tell the driver make the radio play And I'm singing like Girl, you know I want your love I bet she'd smell like you Every day discovering something brand I'm in love with your body 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 Every day discovering something brand new. I'm in love with the shape of you Come on, be my baby, come on Come on be my baby 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 come on i'm in love with the shape of you we push and pull like a magnet my heart is falling to? i'm in love with your body last night you were in my room my bedsheets smell like you Everything is something brand new.
0: They smell it. Was she painting creosote? Now in my bed sheets smell like you. Maybe she's a road worker. Or maybe pick strawberries. That'd be quite nice. Smell. Yeah, there's a thought. Uh, you want to nick that idea, kids, uh, and go and pick that to the dragons and say, What about uh, fruit smelling uh, bed linen? Okay, just put that in, and uh, you will be given like 10,000 pounds a month. Uh, here is uh, the final story today. Uh, the pub uh, that, that doesn't really want anybody. Fury erupted after a pub named after and banned under-21s, hoodies, tracksuits and Stone Island clothes to stop chavs and roadmen from coming in. Publican Brian Hoyle... I used to what was? No, no, I used to have for Brian. Davey Hoyle. Davey Hoyle used to be in the RAF. Uh, Republican Brian Hoyle faced a backlash for banning youngsters drinking at the Orange Tree Pub in Hereford at weekends because they were unable to handle the booze. I thought that was the idea. You come in, just give them as much booze that they can't handle. Friday and Saturday uh, will now be 21 and over, starting this week. No sportswear allowed any day. No Stone Island, hoodies or tracksuits any day. And no bum bags. (laughs) It also prohibits anyone from entering as they wear sportswear, hoodies, or, <laughs> or this Stone Island brand. Brian, who took over the booze last summer, said the measures were aimed at cracking down on disorderly customers he described as chavs and roadmen wearing bum... I don't think I've ever seen a roadman wear a bum bag. But, but young people have accused Brian of prejudice and class-based discrimination and bum bag discrimination. That's the one. That's the one I'll use. Bum bag discrimination. That's the one. Yes, that's the one I'll use to sell the, uh, yeah, when I'm trying to sell the uh, podcast. Bomb bag discrimination. Brian has defended the policy and said he just wants the orange tree to become a proper Hereford pub again. Student and Neil Finley in nineteen of Hereford said, it was a very shallow move. He said, Brian has never heard of not judging a book by his cover. Obviously not. It says pub. He's telling people who wear Stone Island clothes they aren't good enough for this pub. How can you judge a customer based on his choice of jacket? <laughs> I understand the, uh, that some people play up after having a few too many, but I slap a label on all of us completely is wrong. So somebody in a £400 Stone Island jacket isn't welcome, but if I turned up in a pair of £5 Primark trousers, I'd be, all, I'd be okay. It just doesn't make sense. So the pub you want to go to, kids, is the Orange Tree in Hereford. Hey, have a good day. Wear a mask. Uh, Stay away from each other. Keep your hands to yourself, you dirty beggars. Come on!
5: You were told You better listen to the rhythm Everybody else is overwhelmed by indifference and the promise of an early bed. You either shut up or get cut out, they don't want to hear about it. It's only inches on the real to real. And the radio is in the hands of such a lot of fools trying to an Cause they think that it's treason So you had better do what you were told